Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. All right, while everybody's getting <clears throat> getting their food and getting back to their seat, um, I do want to let you know um, our, our fast officially starts next this coming Sunday, um, January 8th, and it'll go through January 29th. It'll end on a Sunday. So, uh, so whatever, <clears throat> whatever you're planning or, or if you're planning to participate, um, that's when it will start. Um, and I, I do want to tell you this, Lord's willing, for the month of January, we're going to be focusing a lot on uh, you as an individual, um, and this is this is what I, I, I really want to focus on for the month of January is uh, you becoming the warrior that God's called you to become, and um, uh, so we're going to be focusing on on letting God do something in you, letting, letting God prepare you to, to be a warrior in whatever capacity that might be. And then, uh, Lord's willing, at the end of January, we're going to move into uh, uh, warfare for our, our community, for our families, for our uh, nation. And so... Um, that's kind of the directive that God has placed on my heart. Um, he's really dealt with me about individuals becoming um, solid, strong in your walk with God, understanding who you are and, and what God uh, wants to do in your life. Uh, you, you'll, never be a, you'll never be able to war for your family until you become a warrior, all right? You'll never be able to war for your community until you become a warrior. And uh, so uh, we'll be talking more about that. So, all right, so here we go. Uh, Sister uh, Kathy's going to be coming here in a few minutes uh, with some more copies of our lesson tonight. If you want one, she'll, she'll have some. Uh, so we're going to be talking about fasting tonight, and I want to stay on task with it so we can uh, get through um, and accomplish what we need to accomplish. So, uh, so I've kind of got it in, in question form. The first one, first question is: Is fasting relevant for the New Testament church of today? Uh, is there a need for the church to fast today? Is there is there a need? For you as an individual to fast today, uh, you know, you might say, well, because we hear it a lot here and we talk about it a lot here, uh, you might say, well, that's, that's not even a, a, a question, Pastor. But you'd be amazed at how many churches, doesn't matter denomination, but how many churches uh, don't practice fasting and how many individuals uh, fasting is kind of a foreign uh, thing to them. Uh, there are two two biblical di uh, disciplines that that I think uh, that we can see in Scripture that I think are extremely extremely important. And and as Christ followers, it's important for us to be reminded of them. I believe that so that they can be practiced in our lives now. You might say, "Well, what is a what is what are you talking about? A spiritual discipline? Uh, a spiritual discipline is is a uh, way of doing things. It's it's a it's a specific thing that uh, it's an orderly, consistent, or prescribed mode of conduct or a pattern uh, of behavior. <coughs> Excuse me, or pattern of behavior." So there, there are two, there's many more, but there are two spiritual disciplines that, 
that I think are extremely important for us to um, understand. Thank you so much. All right, Sister Kathy's got some copies if, if you'd like to have one. Uh, and one of those spiritual disciplines is church attendance. And the other one is fasting. Thank you. Uh, and the other one is fasting. And so it is extremely important. And, and we've seen both of these, these disciplines uh, have kind of... Uh, kind of gone under under the the under the cover or something uh, because they they don't people don't view them as being important and uh, so uh, church attendance is is one uh, that's that's really important that we see that is becoming uh, challenged a lot in our lives and and fasting is one is another one uh, now we don't we don't follow these disciplines as a mean uh, to merit or earn the favor of God. Uh, to do so robs us of their value. So if you're fasting because you want to earn God's favor, or you want to you want to be to the place to where you can say I deserve this uh, blessing, then you're missing the whole uh, value of fasting or or even in church attendance. So. When we practice these disciplines, we're signifying love, surrender, honor, priority, and commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. So, when we talk about fasting, I want to answer that question, is fasting relevant for the church today? And in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16, uh, we see this, and I've got, I've got it titled there, not if. But when you fast, uh, Jesus said this in verse 16. He said, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. But truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And I think the King James Version says will reward you openly. But notice what Jesus said here. He said, and when you fast. And then uh, in verse 17, he said it again, but when you fast. So that lets me know that Jesus, uh, it's his plan and his desire for us as New Testament believers to have a uh, time of fasting. If I were to ask you tonight, and you don't have to raise your hand, uh, how many times this past year did you fast? And I'm not talking about because you needed to lose a little weight. I'm talking about how many times this past year did you push back from the table or something and say, God, I need, I need to connect with you. I need, I need to, to hear your voice in this situation. And you spent some time fasting. All right. So aren't you glad I didn't ask you to raise your hand? Amen. But, Listen, and, and I have to talk to myself because fasting is not a pleasant thing, all right? Fasting is not something that, that you jump up one morning and say, all right, sunshine in the day, I'm going to fast. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's trying. Uh, down in the next, we see uh, another statement by Christ that lets us know that it is not only uh, relevant for the church today, but it is important for the church today. Uh, in Mark chapter 2 and verse 18, the disciples of John and of the Pharisees used to fast, and they come and say to him, Why do the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples fast not? So what they were doing is the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and said, Hey, you know, 
we used to fast. His, uh, his disciples used to fast. But Jesus, we're looking at your disciples, and they're not fasting. And Jesus said to them in verse 19, Can the children of the bride, bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But notice verse 20, But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days. Now, what Jesus was saying was this. As long as the bridegroom uh, is, is with you, there's, there's no need to fast. But when the bridegroom is taken away, that's when you fast. Now, what Jesus was saying, that I'm the bridegroom. I'm, I'm, I'm a picture of that, that bridegroom, and I'm with my disciples right now. They can see me face to face. They can reach out and touch me. We can talk. We can conversate and all that. So there's no need in fasting. He said, but there's going to be a day, and he was talking about the day that he would resurrect and ascend back to the Father. He said, there's going to be a day when I'm not going to be with them. He said, and then it is important that they fast. Okay? So that lets us know that Jesus was saying, when I send back to the Father, uh, fasting is going to be uh, uh, an integral part of your work or your relationship with me. <clears throat> and a third one, and, I, and, and this is, this is a, a big one for me, uh, it's one of the most pivotal moments in the history of the New Testament church, but it involved fasting and prayer. And it's found in Acts chapter 10 and verse 30. And it's the story of Cornelius. I have a special uh, connection with, with this guy. And, uh, you know, and, and this is where my mom got my name. This is how she marked me. I always told her she marked me with this. But uh, the Bible says that Cornelius... Uh, said four days ago, he was talking to Simon Peter, he said, four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. So I want you to, I want you to get this, because I think this is, is so, so important for us today in 2023. Up until this time, up until Acts chapter 10, the, the Gentile church was not really officially included in uh, the kingdom of God. They were still on the outskirts looking in. Cornelius didn't really have an understanding of what the New Testament church was about. But he began to pray and fast. He began to seek God. He began to ask God, and undoubtedly he was praying and asking God, I, I want to know. I want to know more about you. Uh, by the way, if you want to get more food, now you can get up. You're not going to bother me, okay? All right. But, but he began to seek God because he wanted to know, God, what, what, what's going on here? And he began to pray and fast. And God answered him in a big way. God sent an angel to him and told him what he needed to do in order that the revelation of the New Testament church would be given to him. That's a big deal, guys. Would it have happened had he not fasted? I don't think so. Because I think that every word in, in the Bible is there for a purpose. And, and so I believe that that what fasting did was that it opened the door, not only in Cornelius's spirit to receive this revelation from God, but it also was a, was a statement to God that he is truly hungry for revelation. And so we, we know that after... Uh, God spoke to Cornelius, and the angel came, Simon Peter came, 
and they were all uh, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and and there's that is where the New Testament church just really exploded uh, and opened up to the Gentiles, which was you and I. Pretty cool, huh? Anybody got any questions? Awesome. All right. So, when we talk about fasting, why is it important for me as a believer? Why, why should I practice the discipline of fasting? Because fasting is a, is a form of surrender to God. And I got just a few things that, that I want to share on that. Fasting brings my flesh. Everybody say flesh. Fasting brings my flesh into submission to my spirit. Or not, let me, let me word it like this. Fasting brings my flesh into submission to his spirit that dwells on the inside of me. All right? And I'm not going to spend much time on this, but you're going to be hearing a lot about this in the next few weeks. You and I, and, and you've heard me say it before, we are a, what they call a trichotomy. We are body, soul, and spirit. My body is my flesh. How many of you, who can tell me where did your body, or let me ask, where did the first Adam, where did his body come from? Where? From the dust. It came from the earth. God, out of the dust of the ground, formed Adam. God breathed the breath of life into Adam, which was spirit. God breathed into dirt. Dirt became what? A living soul. All right? So my body came from the earth. Since my body came from the earth, what is needed to sustain my body? Things of the earth. <clears throat> the stuff that you just <clears throat> went around and picked up off this table. That is, that is what sustains your body. All right? If you didn't eat, what would happen? You would die. If you didn't drink water, you would die because your body is sustained by things from the earth. All right? Everybody understand? The spirit that's on the inside of you that God gave you when you became born again is sustained by who? By God. All right? So the spirit of God that lives on the inside of me is, is sustained, strengthened by God. My body is sustained by things of the earth, fruits and vegetables and pecan pies and pound cakes. All right? Some of us have been sustained well. All right? But the soul, the soul is a different thing because my soul represents three parts of who I am. It represents my mind, my will, and my emotion. All right? The soul, while the body is sustained by things of the earth, the spirit is sustained by God, my soul can go either way. And I want you to catch this. All right, my soul can be sustained by my flesh or my soul can be sustained by my spirit. If I allow my spirit to be fed by my flesh, then I'm allowing things of this world to dominate my mind, 
my will, and my emotion. That's the way a lot of people live. Sadly, that's the way a lot of Christians live. It's because they, are, they don't recognize that I am allowing my flesh to dictate what my mind thinks, what my will accomplishes, and my emotions. Because your, your mind is, is the thinking part of you, your will is the doing part of you. All right? Stick with me because I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring this around and hopefully you'll see the importance of fasting. You see, when, when I allow the flesh to sustain my soul, that is when I spend more time watching Days of Our Adultery or something like that on TV and less time in the Word of God. I am, I am feeding my soul. I'm spending more time on Facebook, Snapchat, tweeting and all that than I am allowing my soul to be fed by my spirit. You understand? That's the reason that, that when you allow the flesh to sustain your soul, you react in soulish ways. You get mad. You blow up. You blow off somebody. You blow out somebody. You battle with your mind. You battle with depression. You battle with oppression. And i got to move on. All right? But on the other hand, if my soul is sustained by my spirit, this is the way God created it to be. Because when I allow my soul to be sustained by my spirit, my spirit is feeding my will, my mind, and my emotions. All right? Let's bring this home. Romans chapter 8 and verse 5, and I'm just kind of hitting in the middle of it. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. Listen to this. For to be carnally minded, that is to be fleshly minded, is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity or an enemy against God, for it is not, listen, it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Any questions? So do... Do you understand, all right, when I allow the world, worldly things, to, to feed my soul, then I am walking in death. I'm not able to give life to anybody because I don't have any life in me, even though I've got the precious anointing spirit of a living God living inside me, I am, I am allowing myself to be fed by my flesh. So, when I recognize that, that for me to be carnally minded, for me to be so focused on worldly things that I'm not allowing my spirit to, to feed my mind, my will, and my emotions, when I recognize that, then I recognize I don't have anything to offer really anybody. There's no power in me. There's no anointing in me. Even though I've got the very sinless power of God's spirit living inside of me, my mind does not connect with the things of God. Therefore, my will is not moved by the things of God because I'm so fleshly minded 
and focused. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right, so that's the importance that when you fast, what you're doing is you are denying the flesh and you are allowing the spirit to feed your mind, your will, and your emotions. Do you understand what I'm saying? I want you I want I want you to get this. This might not be no big revelation to you, but it, when when you fast and we're going to get to more of this in a little bit. When you fast, a biblical fast, you are denying your flesh. You are looking at your flesh, your appetites of your flesh, and you're saying, we're going to put you on pause. You're no longer be, you will no longer be dictating to me what I think what I speak and all that, we're putting you on pause and I'm going to allow the Spirit of God on the inside of me to begin to speak to my mind and speak to my will and conquer my emotions. All right? All right? Does that answer your question? All right. So, so, so here's the thing. There why, if we talk about the flesh, what are the areas of our flesh that need to be dealt with? There are three areas of battle that I, and there's so much more on this, but I tried to condense it down so that we could get it all done tonight. Again, if you want more food, go get it. All right. First John chapter 2 and verse 15 <clears throat> says this, Love not the world neither the things that are in the world. Now listen, I want you to understand, I'm not saying that you live a boring life, that you, you don't ever uh, go watch a ball game, you don't ever get on Facebook, you don't ever uh, watch Gunsmoke on TV or something like that, uh, and, and you know, you just, you, just uh, you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying, this, listen to what the Word says. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Notice that word love, and you can, do, you can do some study on that. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, listen to this, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So here are three areas in your life, never in mine, but in your life, these are three areas that represent the three areas of battle where you battle most in your flesh. The first one is the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh. In Galatians chapter 5, 19, verses 19 through 21, there's a list of 17 works of the flesh. And you can look at what I've written down there. Four of those works of the flesh are sexual in nature. Why, why are we living in, a, in, a, in an age where sexual perversion is like wildfire? Not only in the world, but many times in the church. Why is it that we're seeing so much looseness when it comes to sexuality? So much perversion. So much confusion. Gender confusion. And all these things, those are part of the lust of the flesh. Those things, by the way, 
in case you haven't realized it yet, have crept into the church with so-called Bible-believing, Christ-confessing men and women of God. All right? Two of those uh, works of the flesh deal with witchcraft, uh, irreverence to the things of God, superstition. Nine of them deal with your temper, deal with your emotions. All right? Two of them deal with your appetite. We'll leave those last two off tonight, and, and we'll deal with the other uh, uh, 15. No, but that is the lust of the flesh. All of us, <clears throat> doesn't matter who you are, perhaps you've dealt with the lust of the flesh today. Raise your hand if you've dealt with it. No. If you didn't deal with the lust of the flesh, perhaps you have dealt with the lust of the eyes. Now, listen, I want you, to, I want you to, to grasp this. If you are struggling with the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eyes or the pride of life, you need to fast. Because what is happening is you are feeding that somewhere in your life. Because the Spirit of God on the inside of you is the Spirit of Christ. And that spirit that's on the inside of you can break that yoke of bondage. But what is happening is that you are being fed by the wrong, or you are sitting at the wrong table. Let me explain that. Let me explain it. The lust of the eyes are eyes that are full of adultery, perversion, or covetousness. You might say, Pastor, I hadn't looked at anybody today uh, with uh, adulterous eyes or perverted eyes, but, but man, I did see uh, a car th today that I really, man, I wish I had that car. I need that car. Beware that you don't allow covetousness to creep into your life. Amen. You see, these are the three battlegrounds <clears throat> that everybody deals with. <coughs> Some say, well, I don't deal with it because it's a normal part of their lives. The only way to identify that you're dealing with it is that there's something there that's saying you don't need to deal with this. You don't need to be going there. You don't need to be looking at this. You don't need to be watching this on your computer or your iPhone. You don't need to be coveting your neighbor's wife or your neighbor's husband. Food's over here if y'all want to get something to eat. All right. The third one is <clears throat> the pride of life. The pride of life is, is a big one because the pride of life deals with position. It deals with position. Look at me. That Tarzan. Look at me. Look at my position. Look at who I am. It also deals with power, riches, it deals with boasting. Listen, and I want you to get this. I am proud of who I am. I am proud of my family. I am proud that I'm a Christian. I'm proud. But is that pride? No. You see what it's talking about here the, the pride of life is that when the position that I hold at work holds me, 
when the things that I have obtained, the riches or the wealth or whatever that I've been blessed to have, instead of, instead of me holding them, they are holding me. When I begin to boast that you got a car, I got one better. I'm just giving you some examples. You drive a Ford, I drive Cadillac. Anything wrong with a Cadillac? Absolutely not. But there are lines that we cross when it becomes boasting, when, when we're talking to people and they have to hold their head down because all we're doing is talking about who we are. You see, you got to be careful that things don't have you instead of you having things. That's the danger of money. Nothing wrong with having money as long as money doesn't have you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? All right. So the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, those are three battlegrounds that all of us fight in, and those are areas that we will all war in. All right? The question is, are you allowing those areas of battle to defeat your life? Let me ask you this. What one thing do these three areas all have in common? What would you say, Sister Joyce? They are acts of the flesh. Wow. Wow. I'm going to say it again. Wow. Be a good time to go get you another piece of cake if you want it. They are acts of the flesh. Listen, habits, nicotine addictions, pornography, all these things, they're works of the flesh. They're acts of your flesh. Are you seeing now? Fasting doesn't deal. Fasting puts your flesh in its place and allows the spirit on the inside of you to rise up. Are you understanding what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Any questions? See, I was already prepared. I, st I did something today that I do very seldom. Uh, I didn't even walk out of the house till after about 3 o'clock this evening because I stayed in, in the room praying and, and uh, getting my mind right because I, I know that when you talk about fasting, I know you're not going to get any, any smiles or amens from the people you're talking to Everybody's going to look at you like, I wish you'd just shut up. And I know the enemy just doesn't like it. So I've been spending today saying, <clears throat> we're going to get through this. All right? So here's, here's a big, big thing. Why do we say... Biblical fasting means to abstain from food. And I want to say right off the bat, because I have people all the time that say, well, Pastor, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut Facebook down for my fast. Listen, that's good. God will bless you in what you do. Also understand that there are people that are sitting here tonight, others that will that will say, well, I would love to participate in the fast, but I, I have to eat. The medicine that I take requires that I have to eat. Listen, I'm not condemning you on that. You do what you can do, all right? But I'm giving you the biblical ideas of fasting. So, why do we say that the biblical that biblical fasting means to abstain from food? 
because food was the reason for the downfall of the first Adam and Eve. You ever thought about that? What did we say earlier? That my flesh came from the dust of the earth and my flesh is sustained by things of the earth. Adam and Eve fell because Eve, look at, look at this in Genesis <clears throat> chapter 3 and verse 6. The Bible says that when she saw the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes and could make one wise. You see the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life in that? It's very obvious. That's, that's the lust of the flesh. When, when she saw the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes and could make one wise, which was pride of the, the pride of life. The Bible says she took of that fruit. All right. I believe, now I don't have I don't have proof of this, but I believe that that the men of of in the Old Testament, the first mention of where you see people fasting, and all the way through uh the New Testament, I believe that that is the reason that fasting involved abstaining from food because of what happened in the Garden of Eden. All right? That's just what I believe. All right? So, in the Old Testament, we see Moses, David, Elijah, Esther, Daniel, and there are many others that spent time in fasting. In all of those cases you will find that they abstain from food, all right? In the New Testament, we see uh, Anna. We see uh, Christ, the apostles uh, in the book of Acts. Paul uh, spent time in fasting. All of those cases involved abstaining from food, all right? So, uh so that's the reason that, that we say that a biblical fast is when you abstain from food. And because of the three areas that we war in, uh, some throw uh, other things into it, food being the first and most important, and stand away from your wife or your husband. I was trying to find the right word to say, but I couldn't find it. Why? Because there comes a time that you need to make a statement to yourself. I can shut this down. You see, one of the things about fasting is that fasting prohibits or fasting protects you from becoming mastered by things around you. Because fasting shuts those things down and you, through the Spirit, say, I'm not mastered by this. I see some of y'all's looks. I know what you're thinking. Did you have to bring that up? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So let's let's get down and, and we're we're fixing to close this out. So three types of fasting. So if you're if you're planning on fasting, there are basically three types of fasting that you can uh, participate in or work in in your uh, individual life. First of all, biblical fasting, and I want you to catch this, biblical fasting always, must always involve three main components. 
If you don't involve these components in your fasting, you're just going hungry. All right? The first one is repentance. Fasting is a time of repentance, breaking yourself before God, asking God to cleanse you, to wash you. You might say, Pastor, I don't have any sin in my life. That's the reason you need to fast. All right? All right? Repentance is extremely important in fasting. The second thing that's extremely important in, in fasting is make sure that you spend time in prayer. Okay? Remember, when you fast, you are denying the flesh, but you are allowing the spirit to rejuvenate your mind, your will, and your emotions. By the way, when you fast, you are not going to make Holy Spirit inside of you any stronger. You are not going to cause Holy Spirit inside of you to have any more gifts than he already has inside of you. But when you fast, what you're doing is you're opening your mind to be able to comprehend greater things that are already there. That's pretty good. Y'all didn't say amen, but that's pretty good stuff right there. Listen, you already have the greatness of God inside of you. You ever heard, and you ever heard that old saying that, that the biggest majority of people only use about 10% of their brain? You ever heard that saying? That's a myth. It's not true. But it, it does sound good, don't it? I've seen people that, that would be working hard to get 5%. But, all right. But, but understand this. Your brain has the capacity to do the unlimited. But very few of us tap in to the complete capacity that's in our brain because our education, our development closes in the way that we think. Now you think about your spirit. You have the omnipotent, omnipresent, all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful spirit of God living inside of you. When you fast, he is not going to become more powerful. He's not going to become more seeing. He's not going to become more ever-present. But what happens is when I begin to fast, I begin to develop a mind and renew my mind. Remember that scripture in, in Romans chapter 12? Verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen, child of God, let God renew your mind, because when God renews your mind, you're going to stand up in front of Goliath and say, hey, I might be small in stature, and I might not have the conventional uh, weapons of warfare, but you're going down. You understand what I'm saying? Third thing is the Word of God. Spend time in the Word of God. All right? So repentance, prayer, spending time in the Word of God. And I've got out beside that, don't forget your journal. Because God will speak to you during your fast, all right? So, three types of fast that I want to real quickly talk about. The first one is the regular fast. The regular fast is abstaining from all food and drinking water only, all right? That's no McDonald's, no Mexican, no Chinese, baby. Just water. 
Judy's going to do that. I, I'm going to kind of taper off on, on Chinese and McDonald's, and I'll catch up with her later. Now, regular fast, abstaining from food, drinking water only. Type 2 is the partial fast, which many of you uh, will probably do. It's what we refer to as the Daniel fast. The 21 days of, of Daniel fasting is in Daniel chapter 10, where Daniel spent 21 days because Daniel needed revelation. Daniel needed to hear from God, so he spent 21 days, and he said, during those 21 days, I didn't put any choice food in my mouth. He didn't put any meat in his mouth. He didn't drink any, any wine or anything like that. He didn't put any choice foods in his mouth. He ate vegetables and drank water for 21 days. All right? That's the Daniel fast. Many of you might do that. Uh, it's, not as, it's not as jolting to your body. So uh, that's the, the, the Daniel fast. The third type of fast is what we call the absolute fast. My dad used to do an absolute fast, and he would do it for, for three or five or seven days that he would do an absolute fast. Listen, an absolute fast is when you have no food and no drink, no food, no water. You absolutely give yourself totally over to the Lord, all right? Now, uh, and you can see that in the book of Esther, chapter 4. Also, you can see it when Saul was converted in Acts chapter 9 and verse 9. Uh, so, uh, now listen. I can't tell you whether you need to do a partial fast or uh, a regular fast or an absolute fast. You have to do what you feel the Lord leading you to do. I will tell you this and prepare you for this. Most of you are sugar junkies. All right? You are sugar junkies. All right? And so when you begin to deny your body, Sugar or caffeine, your flesh is going to scream very, very loud. You're going to have possibly a headache. Yeah, you possibly have a headache. You possibly feel terrible for at least two days. The third day, you will start breaking over that threshold. For the first couple of days, your body is detoxing, all right? All the junk, all the toxins in your body are being flushed out. Drink plenty of water during that time because that helps the process of detoxification to take place. And you're detoxing. You're getting rid of all the sugar, all the caffeine, and all those toxins out of your body. I promise you. If you're able to do it, that third day, you'll begin to see the light of day. Put all your guns in, in safes. Hide the key from yourself because along about that second day or early third day, you'll be wanting to shoot pastor. And, and you'll be saying, I am leaving that church. I'm never going back again. But I promise you, that on that third day, you will begin to break over that threshold. And on that fourth day, you will begin to experience a feeling. You will begin to feel better. You will begin to feel stronger. You will begin to feel so invigorated. Why? Because you have not only been denying your flesh, but you have detoxed your body, and you've gotten all the mess out of it, all the, 
all the junk out of it. And, and it causes you to feel so much better. All right? <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, there's another teaching for you, Miss Willinette. Yeah. Uh, eggs, eggs are dairy products. Fruits and vegetables, all right? Nuts, nuts would qualify. Uh, you know, fruits and vegetables, <clears throat> and you have to be careful. Uh, it, it really, and listen, you have to be careful about buying stuff out of the grocery store because you buy fruit that's in cans and it's loaded down with sugar, even though it says it's sugar-free. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this. Caffeine is not good for you. We know that. Okay? So, when when your body begins to detox... You, and listen, I'm just giving you three basic types. You, you can work this out, all right? God's not going to say, well, you're not doing that right, you know. You know, I'm not going to run up in your house there uh, about three days in the fast and say, I saw you drink that soda. I'm not going to do that. All right, you've got to work it out. I'm just giving you kind of some ideas and of what I consider as biblical fasting. All right? And, and see what I've already heard is that flesh is already, are you really saying this? Do I really have to do that? You know, uh, yeah, but let me tell you this. Listen, I I've done fast before. That man, it was it was a battle. I struggled. I mean, I struggled. But then I've done fast. What I call God called fast, when God says. I am in this. I am going to bless your time of fasting. I've done that before, and I would be looking. I would be saying, man, I'm, I'm fixing to be hit with a headache like something out of this world. And I've, I've, I've been in those God-called fasts where I never had a headache. And I would go without food. I would go without sugar <clears throat> and all that. That doesn't pertain... I ain't gonna say that, but, uh, but, but now what what I've been doing is trying to ease into it, where I've been drinking uh, sweet tea. I started first of the week drinking half and half, and and I've been cutting back a little bit on bread, because bread turns into sugar. So I've been trying to cut back on bread. I see Sister Carl is already shaking her head. It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> but but I I kinda I kinda ease back from that stuff and and if you need to you can do a Daniel fast and it's not gonna shock your body so hard. Um and if 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 you know if if you are a sugar junkie, you know, I would recommend getting you some kind of juice that you can drink and kind of Break yourself into it uh, or something like that. But you have to work it out, okay? You have to work it out. But I can tell you this. It has great, great rewards. All right? Whether you, whether you say, I'm not going to do breakfast in the morning 
And instead of me doing breakfast, I'm going to spend time in prayer and read the word. All right? See, the Jews only fasted from sunup to sundown. They only fasted from the time the sun rose. And sun, sunrise and sunset was determined. They would lay a white thread and a black thread beside each other. Sunrise was determined to be sunrise when you could identify the black thread. That evening, sunset was determined when you could no longer identify the two threads. They would go eat. I wasn't going to mention that, Judy, but but that's that's the that was the way that that normally a lot of the Jews fasted, especially during feast days, is they would fast from sun up to sundown. All right, so <clears throat> there are many different ways of doing it. Okay, I just gave you three of them that. If you don't abide by those, you're not of God, okay? So just, all right? Nah, nah, I'm just kidding. But 